Hey, this is John. And this is Warriors. And this is Ryan. And this is the Nintendo Show, the best damn Nintendo podcast on the internet. This is going to be our 2023 year in review. So we are going to go through all of the major notable games, at least in our opinion, that came out in 2023. And if there's uh, anything that is especially notable, we'll talk about it a little bit. And then maybe at the end, we'll talk about how uh, we think the whole year shaped out. I mean, it, it might um, it might start out a little bit front-loaded here because as we get to the more recent stuff, but then when we get to December, we do have the new Pokemon DLC that we haven't really talked about uh, in depth just yet. So we'll spend some time on the, uh, the Indigo Disc expansion at that time. But let's start at the beginning, why don't we? Oh, what a time to be alive. Oh, thanks for that, Wes. <laughs> So in January of 2023, we got Persona 3 Portable as well as Persona 4 Golden, Fire Emblem Engage, and GoldenEye 007 from the N64 was added to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion. Wes, how much do you remember about Fire Emblem Engage? Do you play that one? I played a little of it. Um, oh, yes, I remember. And I even got the, the, the DLC and everything. And so I was like messing around with Soren and some of those other people that you get. And uh, I was like, the combat is so good, but the story and the, it's, it's so cringy and it's so painful. Mm. I just don't care. I, I, it, it, I never played a game where the story was so bad that it actually hindered the gameplay. <laughs> Cause I just, I just didn't care. I didn't want to play it. I didn't, want to use any of these people i wanted nothing to do with any of these this so I mean, you, you I, could always you could always skip like they do have auto scrolling and a skip button for dialogue it's, just, it's at that point the game yeah I, see i'm a person who enjoys story in the game as opposed to some people that's just grids and maps and numbers yeah just make the numbers go up yeah um yeah. Like, like you say like totally agree the um the, the story is largely forgettable. I hardly paid attention to it at all. The combat itself, really, really great. They do load this game up with tons and tons of mechanics, tons and tons of characters. Um, I think like upwards of like 25 or 30 total characters or more that you can recruit in this game. So they give you a lot to work with if you so choose. You can like, uh, there's a lot like Sacred Stones in that you can get into these these skirmishes so you can grind out characters if that's what you feel like doing and they just like give you all these different mechanics like the the equip rings and then uh like there's a like a, a war room or a war tower kind of thing where you grind out these other skirmish maps but it like gives you this currency that you can put uh into your characters to buff up stats there's a lot happening in that hub world that you know at a, at a certain point uh, not very far into the game, when I get to the hub world, I'm like, okay, what what's just the thing I have to do to get to the next mission? It's it wasn't like as egregious as something like Fire Emblem Fates, where there's this whole base building aspect to your your hub, but the the strong suit of the game was the the tactical RPG battles, um, and as everybody, I, I just was wishing to get to that quicker rather than having to spend time wandering around this this tiny little map and uh, buying equipment and and forging equipment that kind of thing like let's just get to the actual game but you know um the the game itself big thumbs up for me 
because of how good the actual battles are. Uh, looks really nice. The character designs are real wacky. Um, it really gets emphasized toward the end with some just like the buffoonery going on in some of the character designs. It's like a it's a becomes a parody of itself. It's really really silly. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's a good game. It's a game I can recommend. It's a great combat. I it just the story killed it for me. Um, it's a game that I want to get back to and actually get going on it. But ugh. Well, they 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 do these things to like subvert your expectations because they they did you get to the part west where they start taking away the rings? No. Oh, spoilers. Okay. Oh, I think uh, that's some a, maybe. That's okay. I think you there was like... one combat where I lost all my rings, and that was at yeah. that that one mission. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have to like just have all your units uh, escape and try to keep everyone alive, yep. which is really fun. Like the, I think the game is the most fun when you're playing with permanent death. So you have to like figure out the puzzle of how to get through these things perfectly. But like you mentioned, you bought the DLC. I don't think I'm going to spend any time talking about the DLC when it comes up. I think that came out in like uh, July or August. It's not great. It gives you a few extra missions, but none of them are particularly noteworthy. I think that this is one where you can pass on the DLC. It gives you some cool rings, like what's her name, Tiki, mm-hmm. and Soren. There, yeah. there are some cool rings. So I mean, essentially, you're just buying rings. The missions are fine. They're they're pretty big. They they were long missions. Um, I think it was Tiki's was the one that was the really long one. It was in that ice area, I think, if I remember it correctly. Sure. No one took I'll go along with that. Um, I thought they were cool, but I mean, yeah. It, I agree. You can you can skip it. There there's so much mechanics and there's so many little things in this game in order to buff your characters and to give them experience and things like that. That just you don't really need the DLC with it. Yeah. Uh, anything else we need to say about these January games, either the Personas or Goldeneye? I like to get the Personas, but they're older ones, and I don't know if they're... I really would enjoy them as much as I did five. They're on sale. Uh, get them right now. Oof. They're like twelve bucks for both, like a twelve bucks a piece or twelve bucks for a piece. Yeah, yeah I mean, possibly. Let's move over to February. The games were the Metroid Prime Remastered came out digitally that month. Uh, they also added the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games to the Nintendo Switch Online. There's a big list of games that came out uh, on that day. Uh, Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm, Blanc, Tales of Symphonia Remastered, Gal Guardian's Demon Purge, Kirby Return to Dreamland, and Octopath Traveler on the same day. Ryan, did you ever finish Metroid Prime? No, I did not. I've kind of gotten a little sidetracked with some other games, but um, Dave the Diver. Yeah, I've actually I've actually rolled credits on Dave the Diver, so I have moved on. Nice. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I really liked Metroid Prime uh, a lot. Again, playing it for the first time, like, I never played it back in, when, it, when it came out. So, um, yeah, it's really, really great what they've done with it. It looks fantastic. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, uh, the, the fact that they could just basically give it, you know, uh, an up-res and dual analog controls and everything else holds up perfectly, that it just speaks to the, the great... A stage design and level design and combat design of that game because it, it, it didn't really need any improvements other than, you know, make it look good on an HDTV and give you a, a bit more of a modern control scheme. 
Uh, the other notable ones for me were Kirby Return to Dreamland. Played that one with the kids. We had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, the It was a HD remake of the Wii game from way back in the day. And Octopath Traveler 2. Put a lot of time into that game. Really, really fun. Wes, you ever been tempted by Octopath Traveler 2? I have been tempted, but at the same time, you own it. I can borrow it from you. <laughs> Once you finish Mario RPG? Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, anything else about uh, February that we need to address? Mm, not that I see, no. Cool. Let's keep charging forward then. Uh, in March, Meg's Monster. There was a Dead Cells Castlevania expansion. Metroid Fusion was added to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion. We got uh, Booster Course Wave 4 for Mario Kart 8, Fatal Frame, Mask of Lunar Eclipse, Figment 2, Oni Road to Be the Mightiest Oni, Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure, Terminal Velocity, Boosted Edition, uh, Post Void, a bunch of NES and Super NES games, Kirby's Dream Land 2, Burger Time Deluxe, Xevious, Side Pocket, Bandita Origins came out that month, Have a Nice Death, Atelier Rise of 3, MLB The Show, Dredge, busy, busy month. Holy so many cow. games came out. You guys, got any highlights? Anything you played? Quite a few to talk about, one. actually. Yeah, I know. Yeah? Uh, I know what Ryan really wants to talk about. Do it. The yeah. castle, the Dead Cells, Castlevania expense. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, Dead Cells has been out for a bunch of years now. At this point, right? Like, I think that was mm-hmm. maybe 2019, or maybe even. I don't remember exactly when that came out, but I think this is the first year I actually played Dead Cells, and I remember getting into it quite a bit for uh, maybe a month or two. Um, yeah, and it's a really, really fun game uh, for that what, the like, roguelite kind of thing where you you know progress through the maps and steadily build your characters with some intense fights and. Yeah, it's it's actually a really uh, really good game. I I dug it. It, it I didn't never really felt like much of a grind. I really enjoyed experimenting with it and all the character like all of the different um like weapon combinations that you could use. Um yeah, the music in the is the game is great. The art design is fantastic. The combat is just fantastic. Um you know, it's it's one of those roguelike games, so it's not not supposed to be easy. It's it's very very punishing. But it's also very rewarding if you can kind of master the game. So, did did enjoy yeah. that. That Castlevania expansion was really cool. I did play some of that um, as well because Ryan was really mm-hmm. getting into it. I was like, maybe I should look at this game again. But the Castlevania expansion was really cool. The weapons that they added, the the Castlevania level was really cool. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a neat expansion. So the big highlight for me in March was the Bayonetta Origins game. And that's a game, really nice art style, really uh, cool concept, like a very different direction from a typical Bayonetta game where, you know, it's a, a very, like, a, a fo- focus on these uh, big action set pieces and doing these combos and taking down these enemies that are just big damage sponges. So Bayonetta Origins turned into more of like this this top-down sort of Metroid-style puzzle game. Not a ton of combat, but the the combat... Uh, you're tr- controlling the two different characters on uh, analog stick each, so a bit like Astral Chain in that way. Mm. But I, th- the, I think the biggest draw was, like, the, the visual style and the sort of, like, Metroid-style progression 
to the game. I think that um, if you're going like critical path, start to finish, really fun, really smooth experience. It's when you start trying to 100% things. I don't think that the map design, the map layout is entirely intuitive to uh, poking at the walls and seeing what you can find. It's it's a bit too tangled of a web when it's trying to like just communicate information to you. It'll show you the map of where you are and if there's still stuff that you can discover in that area. But then if you just start poking around, it might like you might hit a spot where it just teleports you to a different region of the map entirely. It doesn't make entirely too much sense, like the the spatial logic to the zones that you're in. But I mean, kind of a, a nitpicky complaint there. Other than that, thumbs up for me. Really cool game. You got anything else from uh, March that you guys want to touch on? Do we need to talk um, about Terminal Velocity? Yeah, I was going to mention Terminal Velocity. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that came out. I think that's kind of a funny one to see on the list because that's such like an old school game. That's like an old PC game. Um, and I actually got it. I played it just because just kind of to relive the nostalgia of it and they didn't do anything really to it i mean as best as i can remember it pretty much looks and feels exactly like the game i used to play on a computer back in the 90s i think it was very yeah. old game um yeah from from the makers of blood rain yeah from the makers of blood rain you know um is it good pretty cool uh that and oh yeah also worth noting dredge came out um i actually bought this one over uh the holidays and i have not booted it up yet but i've heard it's really really good and there's also a dlc in dave the diver for dredge <laughs> so it's kind of a funny crossover because they're uh, very like-minded games which are basically just like you're you know you're fishing very cool mm -hmm. wes you got anything for march uh, there's a couple of games here that look kind of interesting. Meg's Monster is a pretty interesting kind of concept with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was a wild one because that's the one like here. It's an RPG and you're the super super overpowered monster and your only other party member is the little girl. And you just have to like keep her alive. Yeah, keep her happy, keep her alive. Mm -hmm. So it was RPG. interesting. It's mostly like a story kind of RPG kind of thing. Uh, Oni looked interesting and didn't get around to that one, but that one did look interesting. I have a nice death is also on my list, so I would like to get to that. But yeah, this is a good month. Some good stuff came out there. Yeah, yeah, really bringing it with all the like the, the independent like download games. Let's move over to April. Uh, Grim Grimoire once more. Fire, Fire Emblem engages when the Fells Dino Log came out, so it sort of completed the uh, waves of DLC for that game. Three months after release, they were done with it. <laughs> kind of seems like it could have been ready just for the full game, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, Minecraft Legends. They added a bunch of stuff to the the Sega, Nintendo Switch Online, Street Fighter 2, Kid Chameleon, Flicky, Pulse Man. Oh, this is when we got the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. Uh, also, Shadows Over Loathing, Tesla Grid 2, Advance Wars came out this month. After Image, Trinity Trigger, uh, the Future Redeemed DLC for Xenoblade. Aliens, Fireteam Elite, Omega, Stru Omega Strikers, and Picross S9. I got a few things on here that I wanted to uh, shine a light on for just a second. You guys got anything from April? Uh, what was the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters? I'm blanking on that. 
it was Final Fantasy one through six. They released them a la carte. Oh. You can buy them individually. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, Des is here in case anyone is wondering who that is. We're not being haunted by a silly ghost. Um, okay. <laughs> you, you like that? You like that phrase? Well, we're very sophisticated here. We use French phrases. Um, the so I I picked up Final Fantasy one. I've also gotten Final Fantasy four and six, and it would be nice to like have. Uh, all six of them, but you know, I'll get to them when I'm able to play them. Uh, other than that one, no, I mean, you guys are gonna have a lot with advanced words to talk about. Zen Blade, I didn't play yet. Um, Omega Strikers, is that that Mario one? That's no, game? no, that's something else. Yeah, that's called oh, that's just Mario Strikers. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> I actually don't remember what Omega Strikers was. I copy pasted all the lists that we had like mentioned as coming out (laughs) over all the official shows throughout the year. I'm good on this one. I'll let you guys take over this one. I do. You did mention Xenoblade. Uh, Future Redeemed came out. I think it was on the 25th. I'm not looking at the list right now. Yes. Um, But really, really great. And Monolith Soft. Yeah, for every like Xenoblade game they release or remaster, they do like this little like uh, tie-in game for Xenoblade Two. They did Torna for Xenoblade One remaster. They did um, uh, Future Perfect, I think it was, or is that a Time Splitters game? I'm blanking the name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And then for this one, they did uh, for Xenoblade Two, they did Future Redeemed, and they're all like these like twenty to thirty hour. Uh, sometimes as long as 40 hours if you're like going for the full completion uh, like full RPGs that are yep. related to the main game but it's not like a, a story expansion for Xenoblade um, 2 and Xenoblade 3 they were like complete side stories where yep. you played as characters in like a past era of that game and you know there there are like recognizable characters that will pop up here and there but for the most part you're playing as like an original cast and it's really cool how you know they they approach expanded content for their games like we're not just like gonna like try to wedge something in to this like hundreds hours campaign that we've already made let's just make something entirely original and charge people 20 or 30 bucks for it and call it a day yeah, I like that approach. They really yeah. don't. I mean, it's not like Fire Emblem Engage, where it's essentially content that could have been invade, uh, included day one. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, let's just cut some of this off and then get some extra money out of it. Those jerks. This is like a big meaty expansion that actually is, um, a separate thing, opposed to like a lot of other DLC where you're just kind of like, well, I'm done with the game. Now I have this thing that I can go do and get to make my guys tougher for the game that I already beat. And so it's kind of like makes you kind of want to replay it with some kind of DLCs. This is a whole other thing. This, it, it's I like how Zero Blade does this. This is really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really great. And they, they change the way like that the battle systems work in these expansions to games. Like They could just like use the same exact system again for these expansions for the, the games of the same name. But no, they go as far as like say like, no, let's let's uh refine some things let's change some of the ways some of the things some of the mechanics work just to give people a fresh experience with this expanded content really really great one of my favorite things that i played this year uh was that uh, xenoblade 3 expansion Uh, anything else that ryan you got anything from april that you want to highlight 
Um, I didn't even get around to playing it, but it is nice to see that the Advance Wars reboot camp finally came out. I know that was long speculated they would release it, um, so good to see it there. And also uh, that Shadows Over Loathing, that's a that's a sequel, right? That's a sequel to, um, gosh, what, what yeah, was that other a West, game? West of Loathing. Yes, West of Loathing. So I never got around to playing that one either, but yeah, that's cool that that one's there too. Yeah, it's it's got uh, a funny little art style. It's a um, kind of a, a satirical series of little minimalist RPGs. Those are it's kind of neat that those are around. Um, but yeah, the Advance Wars reboot camp, after being delayed for more than a year, finally got a release, and it's kind of unfortunate the timing of the release because it was you know just after the other tactics game, the like the, the more RPG heavy tactics game, Fire Emblem, and a month before Zelda. So two you know fairly like lengthy RPGs uh, or adventure games coming out like and packaging these two tactics games together yeah and it, it's a different flavor of tactics but i can't help but think like hey then maybe they could have timed this release a little bit better to actually give advance wars more of a shot here um it kind of felt like it was sent out to die but i did i did play through the first one haven't gotten through advance wars 2 just yet just because of the amount of things that came out in 2023 oh i think it's also worth noting that uh April is when they released Metroid Prime physically. So it got the digital release in February, and then two months later, it gets the physical release, um, if you could find one. But yeah. So another good month in the books. Let's move over to May. Definitely a slower month in terms of releases. But we got Dokapon Kingdom, uh, Fuga Melodies of Steel 2, Tears of the Kingdom, that little Zelda game. You guys and uh, and cassette beasts, and those are the four major releases. Okay, before we get to the big thing, yeah, Pokemon Kingdom, can we, right? Come, come, Pokemon Kingdom, it's fantastic. I love this game; it's so good. People need to play it. I want Pokemon Kingdom too. Come on, let's. let's it, it's 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 a wonderful game. I really enjoy this one. I'm so happy to get to release. I still I still take credit for this that I willed this game into existence. Thanks to this podcast. Um, yeah, you're welcome, world. And uh, that's all I'm going to say on that. It really is a game that would be nice if it got a lot more attention. And, of course, it does get way overshadowed by the other release this month. But, yeah, it, it's such like this this funny idea for a board game party game that introduces the, the RPG battling mechanics and all like these different like classes that you can take your character into and this system of economy and screwing each other over like and you can you can choose how you want to play the game you can try to play through the game more cooperatively or you can be a filthy backstabber and try to go after the person who's in the lead i think you do a little column a little combi <laughs> so um yeah the the other the other big game was of course cassette beasts and I think that's one that we all played. I actually just looked this game up because I, I forgot about it, and uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I, I, it does look interesting. It's I like, mean, I did play that whatever that stupid other Pokemon knockoff that's on the Switch. What is it ne called? Nexomon? Nexomon, yeah, I played that. I'm intrigued by these little Pokemon knockoff games. If I had an Xbox, I'd be picking up Power World and 
February, but I don't. So, <laughs> what was, was that other one that came out like end of 2022? That was like the. It wasn't like really a Pokemon game, but it was like a. You guys both played it. It was like a monster. Oh, me, a Monster Sanctuary. Monster Sanctuary. That one's really good. Ryan did. Uh, you got through that one. I didn't get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game is a lot of fun, and it's uh, not really fair to call it like a Pokemon game because it's trying to smash together a whole bunch of things. Because it's as it's as much like a Metroidvania game as it is a monster collecting game. Hmm. But uh, any any closing thoughts that we want to give to uh, Tears of the Kingdom? Noted good game. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, great game. Essential purchase for anybody that gets a Switch. Like if someone were buying a Switch, I would tell them the very first game they should buy is Tears of the Kingdom. I think they need to get Breath first. Because, I mean, it, it's it's tough to go to Breath after Tears. I'm not um, going to tell people what to do with their money. Um, but I, if it were me, like if I am glad I experienced them in the order that I did, I'm glad the Breath of the Wild comes out first because Tears of the Kingdom does so much to build off of it. And it feels weird to say, but it almost feels like, you know, as we're getting toward the end of 2023, Tears of the Kingdom wasn't getting the credit it deserved with just how like mechanically complex that game is. Um, because when, when you think about the things that you're doing, you are taking just about any object and sticking it together with any other object in the game and it will behave differently like they all have their own properties and they'll interact with each other in different ways and you can uh, put yourself through any flat surface ceiling in the game and shoot yourself up and emerge somewhere else in the game um you can like any object in motion you can tell it to rewind it doesn't rewind the whole game just that one object and then it will interact with the the things that it was attached to that it uh, makes contact with on its backwards journey uh, this is a, a game that's so well refined and so mechanically deep and so mechanically ambitious that you know it, once again like the only open world game to top Breath of the Wild has been Tears of the Kingdom and I don't see anyone catching up at any point in the near future to uh, what they pulled off with this game. Yeah, it's okay. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. I guess take a look at it. I, I think I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's It makes a short list of all-time great games, in my opinion. It's It's done that. I know it's don't want to engage in recency bias, but yeah, this this game is is absolutely phenomenal. It's worth however many hours. I'm sure I invested at least a hundred hours in this game this year. Like it's it's that good. It's just so good. And the, the the entire depths they kept it a secret. Nobody knew about that until the game came out. There's a whole like uh, negative side of the the whole like B side of the map. It more than doubles the the amount of territory that you can explore around in, and you, you know it. it um, one of the things about Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom both is like when you're first starting out the game is very like survivalist. You have to do whatever you can. Like there's this sense of danger that in the surface level of the world, once you get over a, a certain uh, hour count, once you get like a certain amount of experience with the game and how it works that sort of danger goes away 
and like and that's that's totally fine like that's how it's tracking your progress you should feel more empowered the more you play the game but down in the depths that sense of danger it takes a lot longer for that to go away just because of the way that you know they have like the 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 red ooze throughout the ground and all the different types of enemies you have down there um yeah if if you're looking for like a zone that you're going to go down and like have that constant sense of tension is really great to have that and also you know what i learned the other day when there's a stable in the overworld down in the depths there's going to be a lionel there in that spot yeah i had had heard that that's that's always cool to know i had no idea Mm -hmm. should we move over into june yeah let's do it yeah let's go in June, we got the Etrian, or- Etrian Odyssey Origins collection, as well as We Love Katamari Reroll. We're going to have a bunch of Game Boy Color and Super Nintendo games added to the Nintendo Switch Online, Kirby Tilt and Tumble, Blaster Master Enemy Below, Mystery Tower Harvest Moon. Uh, they also added Fire Emblem for the GBA, the Blazing Sword, first Fire Emblem we got in North America. Pikmin 1 and 2 were put... Uh, onto the Switch as downloads. Uh, Sanic Origins Plus, as well as Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life, the Laura Croft Collection, Ghost Trick, Everybody One to Switch, Master Detective Archives Raincoat, and Crime O'Clock. I don't really have a big uh, highlight for this month. You guys got... I was playing mostly Zelda throughout this entire month. You guys got anything you wanted to... That's what I was going to say. This entire month was lost to time because of Zelda... I, right. I don't even remember any of these games. I think I actually tried recently <laughs> to play Harvest Moon on the SNES uh, app. And it was fun for a minute, but I stopped playing it. Katamari? Come on. Come on. Katamari. Uh, who it's doesn't okay. love Katamari? It's uh, a great game. Des yeah, is actually right here asking me about everybody going to Switch. It's like a party game where you use your the controllers to like move into different poses and like chop carrots or shit something like that oh, yeah sounds like a dance move i i think they released that one at a budget price i think it was 29.9 they knew what they were releasing with that game nobody cared pretty sure that's in a song so let's move over into july we got oxen free 2 trails into reverie atelier marie alchemist of salzburg pikmin 4 this way madness lies double dragon gaiden uh, Yggdra Union will never fight alone. Disney Illusion Island and Venba. This is the month I'm going to nominate for uh, games with the best names. <laughs> I remember us being like what, Salberg. What is that? Like, oh, totally on board. Atelier Marie, The Alchemist, and then Salberg sounds like kind Salberg. of a boring place. <laughs> sounds like right. it's in the Midwest or something. It's Scranton. Alchemist of Scranton. Yeah. Eh. But yeah, um, did you either guys get around to Pikmin Four? It's real good. I never played a Pikmin game. I I would like to go through and play through now that they're all on the Switch. You can play every Pikmin game on Switch. It's wild. Every mainline Pikmin game. If you can't play Pikmin Bloom on Switch, that's okay though. <laughs> yeah, there's a YouTube channel called Switch Up that does like just upcoming release videos and stuff like that. They kind of just talk about what's going on with the Switch and they. I saw their year-end wrap-up, and both of the guys had Pikmin 4 like in their top five games. So um, yeah. I know that Pikmin 4 is not for everybody, but the people that do enjoy Pikmin 4 like love the love the shit out of it. I think it's been like their most like uh, mainstream 
hit Pikmin game. I think like the series uh, kind of like plods along. I think we I think we have it in the C tier. So you know it generally like I think you fought tooth and nail to put it in the C tier, and I was like, this is like total D tier. <laughs> oh no no no! It, especially after uh, Pikmin Four, I'm gonna fight to put it in the B tier. Um, but like Pikmin as a series, kind of like plods along like we'll sell like a million maybe a million point two five uh pikmin 4 uh has been their best selling game i think like uh it's nearing four million total sales so real damn good for this series um it, it's That's probably more than attention. the other three combined <laughs> yeah it might be it might be better than the rest combined uh unless anyway we won't get into that mm-hmm. um the uh, I think it's got like the the most like mainstream attention out of any Pikmin game, and I think it's definitely the most like uh, a newcomer friendly for the series. It does like hit you with a lot of different mechanics, but it, it pushes back uh, on you the least. You have like the most. You don't really have a time limit except for your day night cycle. It has like a bunch of different modes, like a nighttime like tower defense mode. It has what they call them, like the Dandori battles, just like a, a player versus player versus mode. Um, and there's like some uh, player versus like uh, computer uh, challenges in the game. Um, there's the Dandori puzzles, which is just like a time management. Here's like all the tasks you need to complete. And you have, you know, eight minutes to do it, get to it. So like those sort of like training modes in the main game itself, like the the thing about uh, Pikmin one especially, and it kind of like lessens as the series goes on, is you have to be multitasking. You have to be like sending your Pikmin out in different directions and trying to accomplish different things, and growing more Pikmin and and like building bridges and tearing down walls and collecting parts to your ship, or you will run out of time. You won't have enough like days in the cycle to finish and it gets friendlier as the series goes on i think pikmin 4 is like the friendliest um just in that like it it just does not require you to even like try to focus on different tasks in the same like day cycle it's like no on this cycle i'm just gonna go try to do this thing and once i'm done with that uh that'll be enough and you can just kind of eject and move on to the next cycle but I had a, a real good time with this one. There's some stuff that's uh, pretty well hidden. You really have to do like thoroughly explore the areas in order to find everything, which is pretty cool. Um, I didn't like the the battle mode so much, but like the puzzle mode where you have to do that multitasking to you know get your highest possible rank. Those are really fun. So thumbs up. Really cool game. Did you guys have anything else from July? I don't think we have. Did you, any of you buy this way? Madness lies. I did not know. No, I'm blanking on this game entirely. Me too. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh, good. You're just saying as a for... Again, I just pulled the list from our official shows. These are games that we highlighted throughout the year for some reason. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not going to remember every game. What is this Laura Croft collection in June? Never heard of that. <laughs> I think that was a collection of the original run of games. Like, back in, again, the late 90s. But, but, you know, they, they are doing that remastered collection this year, like in February. I think it comes out Valentine's Day, weirdly enough. Hmm. Interesting. I think the Laura Croft collection was a collection of, like, uh, not like modern games. They're like top-down Tomb Raider games. Um, anyway, oh, okay. I might just be totally making that up. <laughs> Trying to lie to us. I, I None of these games are real. I've been lying to you this whole time. 
Uh, should we move over to August? Sue August. We got WrestleQuest, Pokemon Stadium 2 for the N64 Nintendo Switch Online, a Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color Nintendo Switch Online, Quake 2, Moving Out 2, Vampire Survivors, Red Dead Redemption, Bomb Rush, Cyberfunk, uh, Blasphemous 2, Samba de Amigo, Sea of Stars, and Trine 5. So, a month with a lot of games. Not a whole lot of like big AAA or, or first-party releases, but you guys, like, I think we have our, our downloadable highlight game of the year right here with Vampire Survivors. I would, yeah, that one's okay. I'd say certainly the best value purchase, considering it's like, mm. what, three to five bucks, I think? It's, it's like, yeah, it's like five bucks. The amount of gameplay you get out of that for that price is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Absolutely absurd. Yeah, and I, th- I even got the DLC, and the DLC is awesome too. There, they should be like adding. They call it like an adventure mode, where it like will actually give you a character, and you play through a series of maps. It looks to be pretty cool, but I think that's not until like a little bit further into 2024. Um, I think like last year, the the downloadable game that at least me and Ryan got really into was the big surprise game, uh, Neon White, and when. I bought Vampire Survivors and we we played it for like a game night one night. I think we played like one round, maybe two. And we're like, eh, this is okay. And then like we all ended up buying it. And then after playing it like two or three rounds, we're all like, yeah, this game's pretty fucking addictive. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really good. And then I'm starting to mess around with like the, the secret stuff where you have to like find all those overpowered characters by doing certain things on certain missions and I grabbed the DLC. The DLC is nuts. Like the maps aren't just big open areas like we typically see on all of them. They actually, you have to find a map, and there's actual paths and obstacle landmarks and stuff like that. Like one has this big mountain area, and the bottom is like farmland, and there's like a river separating it. And then up in the corner, there's like this weird, um, like temples. Um, it, it, it's very different than typical vampire survivor i can't wait to show you guys this one next game night hell yeah but they're they're really cool and some of the new characters that you get from it and some of the new weapons are really interesting i i don't know how i feel about some of them um because they're they're tough to figure out how to use them reliably um so it's tough to move around when they're attacking in certain patterns that you you can't predict properly um it's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 an interesting DLC. I like it. I think it's really cool, and I still have even more of it to do. Um, yeah, the, the game's just so much fun with however little things you get. The only kind of downside is, at the end of the day, a lot of times I end up like going through my old reliable weapons and builds, and I'm just doing that over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but when you start messing with different characters and trying to get all the unlocks and stuff like that then yeah it's it's a lot of fun yeah i get that like sometimes you just want to go back to i just want to throw knives i just want to be the guy who throws knives and just, just... have this constant dream of all right ryan did you have anything about vampire survivors that you wanted to shout out uh just that you know you can really just crack the game it turns into like abstract art when, when you yeah <laughs> combine just the right things in just the right ways it's 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 a delightful game and it is kind of fun that it is so um uh hands off that you were really just kind of moving the character around the auto attacking kind of makes you think about it differently so i don't know very cool game i I like it i just like how 
you know, it's primitive pixel style. There's a lot of depth to it, even though at, at first glance, it really doesn't seem like a, there's much to it. There's just so much into it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's funny because there are things about the game that shouldn't work, but do. Like, it is very mechanically simple. All you're basically doing is walking around. You don't have any direct control about, like, uh, uh, doing any, like, attacks or any defensive maneuvers or anything like that. Um, you don't, like, and, the, like, very mechanically simple. And, like, the fights uh, at the start are maybe just a little bit too long. But, like, everything works together so well when it comes to, like, when you start collecting weapons and when you fart, start um, figuring... Yeah, when you fart. When you fart. Yeah, yeah. When you fart. It works really yeah, well. When you fart. You're not the only one who's tired. Um, <laughs> so. I'm actually perfectly fine. I'm just stupid. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to say that. That's mean. You be nice to yourself. You deserve it. Yeah, but I, I'm not sure about that. Um, okay. I, I'm not sure where this is going anymore. The oh uh, yeah the, I the the maps are like Oops, thanks. <laughs> let him finish. Let finish. <laughs> so the uh, battles a little bit too long. The mechanics go away, cat. Goddamn. Um, mechanics a little bit too simple. But like when you start getting into the depth of like what weapons you're going to grab and what upgrades correspond with those weapons, I. It, it turns into like, okay, you, you can play like these, these almost like small bite-sized chunks. Okay, I'm going to level up until I get to the next thing, and then I can upgrade this, and then I'm going to have these bigger powers. And it, like you, when, when you get to the end, it almost goes like trance-like, where the screen is just filled with pixels, and you're just standing there hoping that you've set up the, the correct build in order to get through it. But yeah, cool game. Thumbs up. Yeah, this was Let's... definitely the uh, month for sequels as well. Uh, Pokemon Stadium 2, Quake 2, Moving Out 2, <laughs> Blasphemous 2. Blasphemous 2. I actually purchased, uh, I haven't played any of it yet, but I got Sea of Stars. Um, mm. It won a That's bunch cool of, game. yeah, like it, it was, you know, won a bunch of awards and stuff. So interested to try it out. I heard it's actually kind of a traditional JRPG kind of game I don't normally play at all, but I also heard it's like a 20 hour JRPG. Yeah, I've heard that it's it's refreshingly short. Yeah, I played that one when it came out, and it is like a, a shorter game, twenty maybe thirty hours at most if you're really like digging deep and trying to do a lot of stuff. But yeah, it's um, it is like a, a traditional like uh, a turn taking sort of JRPG setup, but it does do some interesting with like the world design. Like the level design is all like really really nice. It's really nice visual art to it, and it gives you like some some skills like a, like a grappling hook that kind of stuff to make like maneuvering more interesting just kind of walking around a map so yeah it's a cool game let's move over to where are we september september we got 30xx rune factory 3 special super bomberman r2 pokemon teal mask expansion Gunbrella, Mortal Kombat 1, The Baton Kaidos Collection, Solar Ash, Horizon Chase 2, Trombone Champ, F099, Gloom Haven, Minico's Night Market, Paleo Pines, Cocoon, and Kirby and the Amazing Mirror for the GBA expansion, Nintendo Switch Online. A bunch of games this month as well. Uh, anything that you guys want to shout out for this month? I got one or two things. Ryan, did you play Cocoon? I did not. I heard it's a really mm. good game. I've been meaning to pick it up. Yeah, you like that one. That one's mm. really, really good. Really cool puzzle game. Um, the, yeah, it's the, like the, the sort of... third-person isometric kind of puzzler. 
Mm -hmm. Like a lateral style puzzles, almost like a um, a point and click adventure style puzzles, but you don't really have much in the way of inventory to move around. It's just all based on, you know, how do you work through this maze? Like do this uh, the, a number of tasks. I think they're um, one of the things I was saying about it is uh, one, like the puzzle design is really really great. The um, the more challenging ones are like just on that cusp of like needing to look up a solution and getting to the solution uh, slow enough to where you figure like you're you're you have the feeling that you're figuring something out nothing is super obvious and it's um but it's challenging enough to like make you think through it but not like impossibly hard to make you frustrated and have to look up a solution they balanced it really really well um and then the, the other thing was there are a couple of mechanics. There's no text in the game. Um, so they have to tutorialize everything through gameplay. And they do a really good job except for a couple of things. Um, for, for example, there are little robots, like little drones throughout the game that you can give um, a, an orb to, like a little energy cell. And when you give it to them, they'll start moving around and carrying it to a designated location something that the game doesn't tell you is when they're moving around with it, you can actually take it away from them, which will stop them in their path and just have them like become statues again, which is something that um, is a component to solving the puzzles. So that's something where, you know, I get that they want to explain things without using text, but they didn't really do anything to demonstrate that that's something that could happen within the game. So uh, it could have been a little bit smoother, but that's really like the only thing that I can think of offhand that is would require any sort of smoothing out. Otherwise, the game pitch perfect. Really, really great. Uh, the other thing I wanted to shout out this month was the Batten Kaidos collection. I finished off the first one, like I said in the previous show. I really like these GameCube RPGs. Really cool games. Um, and we, I think we, we talked about the Pokemon Teal Mask expansion ad nausea when it came out. Anything else we want to say about the teal mask expansion in the the Kitikama region. No, no, it's uh, I mean it's good. I enjoyed it. You know, yep. I, I picked up both the DLCs, so I've actually been playing more of the Indigo Disc one recently. Yeah, yeah, the teal mask was fine, but I think Indigo Disc is the better of the two. Yeah, I, I think that teal mask did a really like it, it did the cool thing of giving you an extra region to play in and go catch stuff. Um, it did lean really heavily into a lot of like the the story aspects of what you were doing, um, like what why you were in that area. Whereas we'll get to in Indigo Disc is pretty much just like, hey, you're here at this place, go into the safari zone and do whatever you feel like. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and uh, Trombone Champ, what a silly yeah. game! Yeah, I, I love that game. That's great. I picked it up. Um, it's yeah, it, it is. You, you can judge this book by the cover. It is, at face value, a very silly and stupid game. But it's a lot of fun. For sure. Over in October, we got Disgaea 7, Vow of the Virtueless. Front Mission 2 Remake, Wargroove 2, Detective Pikachu Returns, Borderlands 3, River City Rival Showdown, The Batman Arkham Trilogy, A Boy and His Blob Retro Collection, Sanic Superstars, Disney's Gargoyles Remastered, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, The Metal Gear Solid Collection, and Dave the Diver. Wes, you got anything you want to kick us off here with? Um, 
I don't know. The ba the Batman games are good. I played a few of them. I don't know if I really want them on my Switch, but you know, they're fine. I'm sure the Switch handles. Oh fine. shit! I got you a Christmas gift, um, Wes, and it's the Batman games. <laughs> no. <is it? laughs> no. Okay. Well, I can I can I, say, I can speak to that because I told you I'm done playing Dave the Diver, and what I picked up was the Arkham trilogy. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been playing the first of the three installments, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. I would guess... I really like Arkham Asylum. I think yeah. I, I, I played a bit of the other ones, but Arkham is the one that I really... Actually, I've been twice. I, I do enjoy this mm-hmm. one a lot. I, I wager I'm probably about halfway through. Um, feels feels like maybe I'm at about the halfway point. Um, yeah, it's very cool. It's, um, it's different than the other two, I gather, just because it's sort of self-contained on the asylum itself and the buildings there. Uh, worth noting, it's written by Paul Dini, uh, voice acted by uh, Kevin Conroy is there. Um, and May he rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, the late, the great. Um, also, Mark Hamill. It's, it's basically a reunion of all of the people associated with Batman the Animated Series. So if you're like me and you grew up on that shit, like this is, this is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, and the game tells itself a lot through like lore and hidden tapes that you find. Like there's Joker, or sorry, Riddler puzzles like all over the map. Um, so if you find them, you'll unlock, you know, like um, reels of dialogue of like them being interrogated by psychiatrists and this other like deep underground syndicate that's been uh, running things in Gotham. Really, really cool. Um, like it breaks into these crazy, I guess you could call them mini games whenever the scarecrow's around because the scarecrow causes these really crazy hallucinations to happen where the game is, you know, very grounded and it's over the shoulder, kind of like Resident Evil 4 was. But then these hallucinations start to happen and everything just goes completely insane and it becomes so cinematic. So I'm, I'm really impressed with this. Uh, it's a great game. I'm looking forward to finishing this one and I'll, I'll probably start up two. I've heard weird things about three. Some people actually just seem to not like three. And I, I, I don't know, maybe I'll play it and see why, but... I think that's that's probably going to be dozens of hours of gameplay from now before I can even consider playing the third one. I got to get to the first and maybe the second. Nice. Wes, you got uh, anything else you want to share about Batman? Is it pretty much cover it? I pretty much cover it, but I, I will make a weird thing that I did Go not on. know. I didn't know they did Borderlands three yeah. on the Switch. Sure did. And. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Came yeah, out the same day as Detective uh, Pikachu. Yeah, that 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 one's weird. I started playing three the as well, but po- I know, again, I I got maybe four, three or four hours into it, and I just put it down. Not because I didn't like it or anything. I just never never got back to it. It's definitely the weakest of the Borderlands games. Um, I like what they did with the with the characters and the way that you can build them, and a lot of the different abilities and things you can do. But there, I, I still don't know what it is about that game. That just makes me not care about it at all. Um, it just something about it just isn't as enjoyable. Maybe I'm just burnt out of the series because I played one, two, the pre-sequel. Um, yeah, I think Borderlands I played... Two has is some of the best characters ever in a video game. Yes, like Borderlands yeah. Two is definitely the strongest of all of them. It is the best one. It's got very good classes. It's very rewarding game. Oh, Handsome, Handsome like Jack is, just... is one of the greatest villains ever. Like, yeah. Best. The, the, there's a, a game to heap superlatives on. Like, Borderlands 2 is phenomenal. Yeah. 
and one of the few games i would hold up to like whatever it is that makes me in my mind feel like diablo 2 um that that kind of looting action kind of game like it totally delivers like borderlands 2 is the shit but yeah i don't know why borderlands 3 didn't click just something about three i really like the um the zane character and that hunter guy i really like i think his name was zane the the tech guy those two are really liked the other ones were just kind of meh to me but um there's there's just a lot you can do with the characters it has the the most in-depth build out of all the games um besides i guess um the tiny tina's uh game that they came out with but that expanded on what three did um so i i don't know just something about it um i would like to play it again but cool wait was that borderlands two or three you were talking about we were talking about three but okay two is great but three is the one that came out in october (laughs) um the two games that i wanted to highlight this month was wargroove 2 that came out at the beginning of the month it was kind of like a surprise release it got announced i think earlier in 2023 and then like there was radio silence about the game until like a week before it came out and it's probably a game that would have benefited from a little bit more hype uh, wargroove 1 was really well received on switch and so was wargroove 2 but kind of got out- overshadowed by all of the other things that were coming out um, and it is like a really nice refinement of Wargroove One, a bit of a different take. Like it's it's like separated out into separate campaigns, where you play as different factions, um, and each faction has like similar units but a different aesthetic to it. So they have like their their own personality. The like commanding officer characters play a bigger role in all of the campaigns, um, in terms of like using them in the battlefield. And like the battles feel more improvisational. You have a more freedom to experiment with building different types of units and how you want to construct your army to not only just overpower the enemy, but um, like work on the strategy of like solving the puzzle of what direction you want to take on the battlefield, like what buildings you want to go after and capture to improve your economy. It works very similarly to Advance Wars. Um, but like Wargroove 1 by contrast it was very much like here's a very specific situation that you were in and you have to find the exact right uh movement of units and the exact right combination of units you're constructing in order to even establish momentum to get the battle going here whereas wargroove 2 was a, a lot more of like now here's here's your base and the units you can build and here's theirs and get to it find a way to get to the middle faster than them i had a lot of fun with that one and of course super mario brothers wonder out on october 20th really great game we've all played it here to different extents i actually just started up a second playthrough a few days ago i'm not like starting a new profile or anything like that i'm just playing through all of the core levels again on the same save file i'm not really bothering like trying to collect or recollect all of like the the purple coins or anything like that i'll go through and i'll look for the wonder seed and just having fun with the game as I go. And the, the girls are joining me for for a few of the levels here and there. But yeah, great game. Big thumbs up for that one. Oh yeah, Brian, absolutely fantastic game. Wes, how far did you get in Mario Wonder? I'm in World 2, and I still hop on here and there and just play through a level now and then. Um, I, I, I switch back and forth on that, but I haven't turned my Switch on in a week or two. Unbelievable. Now, so. 
it's 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 it's, it's Baldur's Gate, man. It just absorbs my life. That's it. And it just yeah. It's, it's, it's I don't want to hear good. about that. Oh, Ryan, you got any any closing thoughts on Dave the Diver? Only that everyone should play this game. <laughs> it is so so good. Um, you know, I think that uh, there's obviously a game of the year. This one snuck into second place ruthlessly efficiently after just I mean I think I started playing it in in the beginning of December maybe the end of November and gosh it is such a fun game and this is one that kind of snuck up I don't think like we got an announcement for this one until uh, was it like June or maybe even September and it was just part of like a direct it was like hey here's a game called Dave the Diver there's a demo and it's coming out at this day and kind of like vampire survivors if you saw it in a sizzle reel it wouldn't look special hmm. um and then you sit down and play it and you're like they've they've really crafted uh one of the most fiendishly addictive game loops you'll ever see it would be kind of nice if like uh nintendo had some sort of um uh way to try to to push the the quality stuff on the eShop, like like float them up to like hey here's here's like our are select picks of the best games that are coming out in a given week or a given month. Well, I think this game sell, sold like crazy. Good. And also, I Good. think it's kind of cool that it is exclusive to Switch. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a PC game first. It came out, you know, three months prior to this, I think, on PC. It's available on Steam. Um, but yeah, the only one they ported it to is is the Switch, probably because they're like, this is the audience that's going to want to play a game like this. Yeah, and it is nice that um, we've seen that a lot over the past few years where games will launch on PC and Switch first and then make their way to other consoles eventually. But it is nice that um, however it worked out, whether Nintendo is is doing something to um, make this a more inviting environment for these, these smaller game developers to put their games onto, or if it's just like, a, a vibrant ecosystem where this is where people buy games. So just kind of naturally evolving into where smaller developers will put their games. It's, it's nice that there's all these games uh, available for switch is that the, the breadth of software that is just available from smaller developers has been really, really great for like the entire lifespan of the system now. Hey Ryan, this is a, have you ever played Moonlighter? Moonlighter. I don't think so. That sounds familiar, but I don't know if I played it. We've talked about that one. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a it's it's been out for years now. And it's in comparison to Dave the Diver, it's extremely watered down. Ah, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's essentially the same kind of concept, where instead of going out fishing and diving like you do, and then bringing the stuff back to make uh, sushi recipes, you'll go into a dungeon, kill a bunch of monsters, and take the stuff you find in the dungeon and take it back to your shop, where you'll then resell it. Oh, okay. um, In order to make profits and put the money into your shop to build it up to get better equipment so you can go back in there it's very simplistic extremely in comparison to like dave the diver there's not like a ton of different weapons to get and you're just kind of expanding your shop so you can sell more and there's the different the actual combat really isn't much to it you got a bow and a sword and a block and Mm, that's it um it's very very watered down um in comparison but uh, that may be another one you enjoy if you like that kind of game. Um, it, it, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was I'll, I'll check that out for sure. 
There's and a, another another game is kind of like a game we already played a bunch of um, Cult of the Lamb. I think Cult of the Lamb does the same thing where yeah. it's like you got it's two different game. gameplay modes that you go back and forth between and each feed into the other. So yeah, for sure, I'll check out Moonlighter. I mean, I would say I would say Moonlighter is probably not as good of the three, <laughs> but it's still it's it's a fun little chill thing to do. And it, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on a wish list for sure. Cool. Let's go into November, where we got Song of Nunu, Star Ocean, Second Story R, Fashion Dreamer, WarioWare, Move It, Super Double Dragon, Double Dragon Advance, Hogwarts Legacy. Wes really loves that game. Super Mario RPG uh, on my PS5 Persona Five Tactica, In Stars and Time, and Wordless. Uh, I really liked both Super Mario RPG and Persona 5 Tactica. Both of those were the highlights for me. We talked about those really, really recently, though. So I don't really have anything else to say about them. Wes, did you start Mario RPG yet? I didn't start it yet, no. It's a good game. I, I, yep, it, it, it is. And it's not very yeah, long. Yeah, 14 so hours is what I, I spent. Do, and I, I actually yeah, spent a lot of time. I probably spent a good like hour and a half, two hours just grinding battles because I was having fun with them. Like, you don't need to be at a high level to finish the game. I think, like, you stop learning new, like, battle like skills in that game. Right? No, like, 18. Oh, I'm way off. Okay. Yeah, you do not have to be at a very high level at all before you've learned everything. Um, but, yeah, I think I ended the the game at, like, level 30, 32, something like that. It does um, look fun and just waggy as well. Like, I was watching my buddy play it. He's the He was a huge fan of this game um, back in the day, and when it came out, he grabbed it immediately, the remaster. Um, but I was watching him play, and I never got far in RPG originally. I didn't get much into that, but um, I was watching that the section of the map that follows uh, the Marshmallow Guys mm-hmm. story when you go to his palace, the, the yeah. palace area and stuff like that. I was like, this is just wacky fun. Well, that's in the late game. Pretend, pretending to be a statue and fighting <laughs> the big bird thing. You're like, this is great. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that character is particularly silly because uh, he is, of course, from the the Nimbus Kingdom up in the clouds. He's a cloud. That's he's, right. he's, he's a cloud. He's a cloud creature. But when he was a small child, he fell from the Cloud Kingdom and landed in um, the the Frog Pond, right after like the Mushroom Kingdom area of that game, and uh, grew up thinking he was a tadpole. And then like there's this whole scene where his adopted frog father has to break to him that he's not a real frog. He's not like an actual tadpole. He's he's from he's adopted. He's from somewhere else. <laughs> it's that's, not like that's great. And it's not like there aren't other frogs in the game. There are other frogs in the game. You can very clearly tell. Like no, he doesn't look like them. But for the first couple hours, he's like going around like, yeah, I'm a frog. I'm from Frog Pond. <laughs> but yeah, fun game. Uh, you guys, anything else about uh, November that you wanted to shout out? Or are we closing it out here? If- if you don't have a PS5, <laughs> if you don't have an Xbox, I think it's also an Xbox. Don't buy an Xbox. Buy, buy Hogwarts Legacy. It's 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 really it is a really good game. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot going on with it. It's got a fun story. There's a different. You're essentially you can do whatever you want build wise, um, but. It's just a great game. I, I don't think... If you have the option to play it on something other than Switch, don't pick the Switch. Um, but if that is your only option, I think the game is still good enough to just kind of deal with on the Switch. 
which Ryan defended it more than I'm bashing it, but <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're doing a you know a less than optimal job of selling it here. You're like holding it's, your nose. It's like, okay, well, fine. Yeah, let's be clear. I'm yeah. defending a port of a game that I'm not defending the game itself. Like, <laughs> I don't think Hogwarts Legacy looks very good or it looks like fun, but I, I know a lot of people really I, like I it. really like this game. I was thinking about starting up yeah. another run the other day. Like, it's, it's just a good game. Yeah, no, a lot of people like this one. Um, no, I think uh, just for some videos I saw, I think they actually made a did a pretty admirable job of porting this thing to a Switch. You know, obviously they had to make cuts performance wise to to get it to work. That's just them's them's the breaks. It's just it's how it is. It's these are different machines. This is a how many year old now? Six year old? A seven year old system that's seven probably based on ten year old handheld. It's a handheld game. Yeah. Like, I don't know how the Steam Deck handles this one either. I mean, but, it's impressive. Yeah. I thought this game would never will come out. I, I, I didn't think they could do it. It's hard so, to tell uh, how the mm-hmm. Steam Deck handles it because it's hard to find someone who owns a Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But no, no, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's something you just have to accept. Ports exist all the time, back and forth. Uh, you know, hey, I'm sure that the new Xbox and PlayStation have ports from computer games, and the computer people are like, "Fuck these ports." You know, mm. you just you gotta you have your hardware, and you just gotta see what you can do with it. For sure. Uh, any other uh, November games? Is that the month we're in? Yes, yes, we are in. Okay, so let's move over to. December. That's, of course, the next month. That's the month we're in, fellas. Here we go. We're closing up the year with Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince, SteamWorld Build, the Batman Arkham... Wait a second. Batman Arkham <laughs> I was trilogy. about to say, yep. <laughs> you got it on there twice. I think that was a December release. Okay. Well, we'll go along eh, with that. It's fine. Now, you know what? You know what it might have been? Uh, it might have been on the list in October, and I just, like, copy-pasted it, but it might have gotten a delay. It might, have Possible. Like, it might have been like originally coming out in October, but then got pushed into December. Might be what happened there. Um, it's out. <laughs> wasn't there yeah. another? Wasn't there another omnibus pack? Oh, that was right. There was the um, Metal Gear. Yeah, the Metal one. Gear one that yep. was out in October as well. Um, Highland Song, Outer Wilds, uh, the Pokemon Indigo Disc expansion, and Terra Nil. Real quick before we get into Pokemon. Uh, indigo disc uh steamworld build i kind of pulled the plug on that one i'm not sure if we'll go back to finish it I, I was really close to being finished with the like the first map of five um but it, it uh for, for all the issues that i'd already said about that game it just got like uh really too granular with the amount of stuff that you were having to do with the amount of space you had to do and it just like and, and at a certain point in the game like down in your mind there's like a timer of like these little bugs that would attack your your little mining segment of your town and just got tedious to be trying to like explore as well as do those fights if like maybe if like i could turn the fights off i would go back and finish it because i really just wanted to do like a, a town building thing and not have to do like this tower defense thing to it as well and um turns out that the game that i probably was looking to get is terra nil which is maybe something we talk about on a future show but that's more of like a chill town builder rather than a town builder slash tower defense hmm. but ryan how's uh the indigo disc how you liking it 
It's good. It's really, really good. Um, I'm not very far into it, admittedly, though. It's one of those games where when I pick it up, I just start doing shiny hunts or <laughs> I start doing um, different terror raid battles. So I'm very easily distracted. I think the you know the main impetus is that you got to like take out the four different uh, school bullies or whatever, and I took out one of them, but I haven't really gotten any further than that. Yeah, yeah. The... There's like four major fights yeah. that you got to get through before like you'll get to like the last mm-hmm. major fight and it's it's the the kid yeah. from the the teal mask he's kind of become the villain in this uh expansion uh, but yeah it's funny because like i i wrapped it up right before starting this too so it's like i basically you know you just kick this kid's teeth in repeatedly for the entire first <laughs> half of the dlc and then literally it's like okay i can move on to the next one and then i go there and i found out that and what feels like uh you know 30 minutes of gameplay suddenly he's now taken over right <laughs> this entire new region or whatever but yeah, the um all the battles are double battles in this yeah. expansion mm-hmm. which very very cool feature because yeah the game at no point through any part of scarlet and violet they emphasize double battles right right and it is it is also called like the the sort of uh, they call it the terrarium the zone the safari zone that they put you into in this expansion it's it's a nice zone like divided into four quadrants and every quadrant has like uh pokemon that you can go around catching in it like you can like the base game and the other expansion and they'll also tell you like hey this is how many trainers are in this quadrant if you go find them you can come back and like we'll give you like some some points to go toward um the the development of this they'll give like the the, their school points and those school points you can feed into doing things like getting like aesthetic changes to like the way you're throwing a pokeball or some of the gear that you can be wearing but what you're really going for is like the expansions to the actual terrarium itself you can for 3000 points you can upgrade the quadrant and that will cause starter pokemon from other generations to start appearing as wild pokemon each quadrant has like 6 starter Pokemon that will start appearing as wild. So it's, it's cool that uh, you know they put all those in the game. It'll help me fill up my Gen 5 living decks a little bit more. Nice. Yeah, that that's uh, basically what got me sidetracked is I've unlocked all four areas. I think of the... Uh, I guess it's 21 different starters. I think I've got maybe somewhere around 10 to 15 mm-hmm. of them. Um, I specifically keyed in on the harder generations to get. Some of them I imported from Pokemon Go. Like I didn't catch every single one of them because that's just like, that's that's torturous. You re- re- you, it, you have to remember like getting one, you know, hoping for one. Odds are probably about maybe one or two shinies every thirty minutes. If you're doing the sandwich recipes and you can do specific, if you can hunt specific ones, and even then you got to get the Urban Mystica to do it, which means you got to be doing the raids, and the raids take time. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's great. It's awesome. There's so so much new stuff to do in the game. It's very very cool. Yeah, I think it's where these Pokemon expansions are the strongest. It's just giving you more Pokemon to catch. And I think now with the two expansions, the the total Pokedex for this generation is probably like six or seven hundred, which is uh, real good. That's a lot of Pokemon. Sounds um, about right. And I I don't know if they're expanding it further because when they showed the trailer for this game they showed like catching a bunch of legendaries but I haven't run into anything like that just yet and I finished like the main story arc 
of this expansion and i'm almost done with the living decks i finished the living decks for the, the base region before the expansion started coming out i'm almost done with the living decks for the uh, kitakama region and then the the blueberry academy i'm close to finishing that as well but there's um some there, there's a version exclusive legendary the 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 entei uh, paradox or, or variation um that uh is exclusive to violet so so wes at some point maybe over the summer i might have to borrow your violet version that's fine i didn't think no you were doing worries. anything with it i i haven't touched this game in a while it's it's a good game but i i, I prefer sword and shield actually you know, uh, I would like to give this game another run through, which is why it'd be nice to borrow the your Violet version, because I don't want to move this Pokedex over to home until I know I've finished a, a living Dex of it. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think at this point, with this generation, I think they have brought in um, all of the Gen 5 Pokemon, which I think will then uh, finish out my living Dex in Pokemon Home, aside from maybe one or two event Pokemon that I missed out on, which would be cool uh, because I, I definitely have like Gens 1 through 4 living decks because of the Gen 4 remakes that they did. And then I didn't actually start making living decks until Gen 6, until um, Kalos. So uh, to, to this point now, only that that's the one missing gap. Um, but yeah, I, I like how this uh expansion is going i like how they have this this economy like they give you the tasks to do and most of them just kind of do just by engaging with the game like hey pick up the shiny things on the ground or you know use auto battling to take down this many pokemon and just kind of build up these, these small little chunks of this in-game currency to upgrade your zones yeah it's uh it's cool Anything else about this expansion that we need to talk about? Nah, we got a whole show dedicated to Pokemon. I'm sure we can expand on this stuff there. It's true. It's true. Oh, oh, uh, Ryan, I did want to ask you, like, when you were going through this new region, do you, like, have your, your mainstays? Like, hey, this is, this is the team that I've been rolling with, or, like, one or two that you always keep with you? Do you kind of, like, keep it shuffling around? At any given time, I have one Pokemon in my hand. Which one? I, I keep a Breloom with Spore and False Swipe. That's, <laughs> that's it. That is all I run with. <laughs> nice. Um, no, no. Uh, I mean, and yeah, uh, cert certain Pokemon that will stay on my team for a little bit. But unless I'm either, unless they're going to be put in the, you know, Terrarium um, as a showcase Pokemon, or unless I'm going to level them up to 100 and get them fit for raid battles, eh, I usually just box them. Yeah, I decided that when... I was going to do, go through this area. I was going to be a Gen 5 Dark-type trainer. <laughs> so it added an extra layer of challenge to... That's funny. So you got like Crocodile in there or whatever. Crocodile, Hydreigon, uh, Scrafty, Mandibuzz, uh, Kagambit. Um, I, I allowed myself to take the upgrade of that one. And then the... Oh, um, I no, I already said Mandibuzz. The last one's escaping me right now, but I'll think of it later. The oh Zorak, of course. Um, but yeah, and I I did actually run across a shiny randomly, a shiny Litleo. Oh, very nice. Roaming That's around a good the shiny to find. Huh. 
Yeah. I stumbled across a few so far. I accidentally killed one. Oh, no. Um, which, well, I didn't kill one. He killed himself. It wasn't even a good one, so I'm not worried about it. It was the uh, Alolan Grimer. Mm. Okay. That which, one was cool. I mean, it's essentially the same color palette as the regular one. Uh, that just, like, alternated a little differently. But, yeah, it would have been nice to have. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm not, not, not worried about it too much. <laughs> He's over there grinding his teeth. I think I've actually got about 90 nice. so far shinies. Nice. I, I'm actually running out of box space. I've only got about maybe two more empty boxes, and then I'm really going to have to start just straight up deleting things to make are room. You, are you going to transfer over to home, or are you just going to start letting stuff go? Mm, probably just cut. I mean, I, I've got so much stuff from just, just catching random shit. Mm. And, like, also, you, you know, we haven't really talked about the whole... And, it, you know, we have our own podcast for this one we can talk about there, but, like, collecting the blueberry points requires that you catch Pokemon. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes... Just because of the nature of it, you want to catch one pretty quickly. So you're not going to sit there and be like, okay, what's the best water type in the game I could catch right now? It's more like, oh, hey, you know, there's there's a tentacle. <laughs> I'm catching a tentacle right now. Or, or yeah, it'll like require you to take pictures. So, you know, after mm-hmm. playing for a few minutes, you got to go through your album and just start deleting all the garbage that you just, the game made you do. Right. Um, I wish they had a. I wish there was a better selection of things there. And maybe maybe they'll patch it and give you some more interesting objectives. Mm. You know, I think it would be funner to do something like you know make a couple of super effective attacks. Oh, that'd be you good. Know, things that actually encourage strategy in the game rather than just bulk taking pictures of things and collecting Pokemon you don't need. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. But no, that's the end there. It's 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 fine. I mean, all that's like that's a minor gripe to bring up in a really really great DLC. That's it. That's twenty twenty four. Sorry, that's twenty twenty three. We didn't time travel. Well, we did time travel, but at one second per minute, or whatever. If you guys would humor me, yes, just for a moment. Do it. I know we're an hour into this show. No, I'm on board. But through through we through this podcast and everything, I was on my phone i was looking up games that i didn't realize existed go on so i made a list of games here that uh i'm going to be looking further into and uh about yeah i just think are very interesting um so i'm just gonna burn through my list really quick oh yeah yeah so i like the concept of meg's monster i like to get to that one oni of course i even mentioned that at the time same with have a nice death Trinity Trigger looked interesting. It was kind of like a, a weird little RPG kind of game. Yeah, that's from some of like the creative team behind Secret of Mana. Yeah, way back in the so day. So I'm intrigued with that one. Um, Cassette Beast, because mm-hmm. you know, uh, Solar Ash looked really nice. So, I think they even yeah yeah Sol- Solar Ash. That's an interesting looking one, and that's from the the creators of Hyper Light Drifter. Yes, I I even saw yep. That makes a lot more sense because I, I was playing this. I was getting a lot of hyper life kind of uh, mm-hmm. vibes off of it, but it, it looked fun with the the way that the combat was and just how fast you're moving through and everything. A little hectic kind of thing. Uh, Gloomhaven, just because I like those kind of games. Big, yeah. Song of Nunu, I did want to play, but I'm a League of Legends guy, so that would be why I want to play Song of Nunu. It does look like a fun little game to play. I mean, most of these like Riot Forge expanded universe games have been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Persona 5 Tactica, you have that, John. I'll be stealing it from you. And Worldless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting-looking one. Uh, sort of like a side-scrolling Metroid-style game. Yeah, and uh, it, I think it's like a, a 
turn-based RPG. I could be wrong on that. I couldn't, I couldn't quite figure it out from the trailer, but I was like, this, the art style and the way that this kind of plays out, I'm, this looks really cool. Yep, for sure. Oh, uh, what do you guys think? 2023. Let's give it a letter grade. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom affects it so much. We we got <laughs> we got a new Zelda, we got a new Mario, and we got what's Metroid, the highest? We got Metroid Prime. What's, what's the highest ranking we can give it? Uh, a. Just, just so I know the top. Okay, A. Yeah, it's an A. I agree. Easily, like this is a great lineup of games. We got a. nice diversity, some fun indie games. We got. We got a lot of good. Indie yeah, we, games. we like we got S tier, like Zelda. We got S tier Mario. We got S tier, or we we put Metroid in the A tier, but then we got like some B tier stuff with Fire Emblem and Xenoblade, uh, Pikmin got some re- representation. Yeah, like you're saying, a bunch of cool indie games. I think like if there's anything, any like sort of like room for improvement on the system is like there's not a whole lot of high profile like third party like big AAA publisher kind of stuff. I think the only like uh, AAA publisher game that we got throughout the year was probably like original non-port was probably Octopath Traveler 2 from Square Enix but like all of the independent games is more than sufficient to fill in the gaps like independent gaming we've talked about a bunch of times has come so far that like these are basically just regular games now almost all of these independent games that we've talked about uh, Dave the Diver and uh, Vampire Survivor and um what was uh anyway I, I had one at the tip of my tongue and i couldn't find it but all these oh, games dredge like, dredge is a big one like all of these games like if this were like ps2 era gamecube era these would have just been like full retail releases like there's been so much catch-up happening with just the the scope and the depth of independent games over the past you know half decade yeah absolutely so we all agree it's an a what a year. What a time to be alive, fellas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so what we're going to pivot from our normal recording schedule. Next week we'll do a preview of twenty twenty four, talk about everything we know. I've got the uh, running list going already, so we can I'll, I'll share that with you guys. And then maybe um because that won't take us a too long to talk about what we know about for 2024 so far. So maybe we'll get in some tier rankings as well. Because it's been a couple of months since we've done one of those. Maybe we can knock out a few more. And then we'll try to get back into a, a normal rhythm. Maybe do a, uh, a retro show after that one as we get toward the end of the month. That works for me. That's it. Good stuff. End of podcast. So long. Later, get it.